The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Craig. Welcome to the show, fresh back from the Hall of Fame ceremony. We're going to hit on that and so much more here on show 570. On today's show, we will have the lineup for the Raiders is out. Not the definite one, but you get an idea who's going to be first for sure on this list. The Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame ceremony. I got to tell you, it was a, a beautiful thing, except for a few distractions. And those distractions, quite frankly, were us. I hit on that for sure because it's it's disturbing for me as a longtime Raider fan. And if I don't say something, well, I'm not going to be able to live with myself. That's for sure. We have a preseason game this Saturday, folks. The Seacocks are coming to Las Vegas to play in Allegiant Stadium with real fans. I do think it will make a huge difference. That and the bone line should wrap it up, folks. Welcome to the 2021 NFL season. It's here. All right, let's take a look at the players. These guys are in the first slot. They will be our first line of offense and defense. Let's just look and see who's here. As you would expect, Henry Ruggs III is number one in the wide receiver core. We have followed closely there by the lineman Colton Miller, Richie Nito at left guard, centers Andre James. Good for him. He earned that spot. Right guard's Denzel Good. Good for him as well, because he's worked hard to get that job. Right tackle, Alex Leatherwood. Looking forward to seeing him. Darren Waller. Brian Edwards uh, as wide receiver. Hunter Redfall as wide receiver as well, probably in the slot. Derek Carr as a quarterback. Josh Jacobs as running back. And, of course, fullback is Alec Ingold. So you go to the second line here, which is the guys that are kind of behind them. And I expect to see a lot more of these guys playing on Saturday than the first group I told you about. So John Brown as a wide receiver. We're going to see a lot of a lot of him for sure. I think Keelan Doss will make it in there. I don't know if Dylan Stoner is going to be there. I'm not sure. Brandon Parker had left tackle. Another guy has fought his way in. I think that'll be a good fit because he'll be in a rotation. Left guard is John Simpson. Really good guy. He might have to step in big time because Richie's kind of logging the tooth. Richie incognito on the left guard position. But on the outside of that, Lester Colton Sr. will just move into that second rotation spot. Our offensive line is looking really good, I think. At center, we have Audrey James. 
which has earned his position, and Nick Martin, which we got in a trade from the Texans, is a sure backup. And Jimmy Morrissey's no doubt. So our center position's really solidified. At right guard, we have Danzel Good, and Good is good. Next is Patrick O'Mahe. <laughs> and then Parker Anger, and I've never heard of this other guy, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Putas. I, I hope he plays because I like to say his name. At right tackle, of course, we have Leatherwood, but Jared Jones-Smith is the next guy up, and they probably won't have to play him. I hope not, because uh, that would mean that Leatherwood is out. Tight end, we have Darren Waller at first, of course. Then Foster Moreau, which has made leaps and bounds an improvement. You'll see him play. You will definitely see him play. Derek Carrier, Matt Bushman, those guys will probably play in the game. Nick Blows, excuse me, Nick Bowers and Alec Ellix will kind of round out that tight end room. Then after Brian Edwards, we have Zay Jones, who is uh, touted to be probably in the best shape of anybody who came in the camp. He's fierce, he's mean, he wants his job, watch out for him. Marcel Aitman follows him at wide receiver, and Caleb Scott is in the last slot. Now Hunter Refro is in the slot as well as a wide receiver. Willie Sneed, the fourth, DJ Turner, and Trey Quinn are following him. We'll probably see Sneed and Turner, I don't know if we'll see Quinn in this game. Derek Carr, I doubt if we see Derek we probably will see Marcus Mariota, or more the case, Nathan Peterman, because I think they're trying to keep Mariota um, healthy. And of course, at running back, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake is number two. We all knew that was going to happen. Jalen Richard and B.J. Emmons are also in the mix. And then there's Trey Ragus and Bo Scarborough kind of trailing behind. Alec Ingle is our fullback, and Garrett Grosick is his backup, which I expect to see a lot of in this preseason as well. Well, that rounds up the offense, and looking at the the lineup here, it's pretty easy to see who's going to be playing on Saturday, but that might change who plays first in the first, pre- first season game and all through the season. And now we have to go to the defense, which is really very important. This season, Yannick Ngagwe, he's in the first slot at defensive end. Carl Nassib, Kat Nassib, if you want to call him that, he's the second guy in the slot. He will be rotated in. And Malcolm Kuntz, of course, is the new guy. And he's in third position. Another guy will be rotating in. I think Nassib and Kuntz will play the majority of the game. Um, And a nose tackle, Jonathan Hankins is here. He's going to be the big guy in the middle to push everybody back. We've needed that forever. Hopefully with help um, from the rest of the guys in the defensive line, we'll get a little pressure this year. We can only pray. After him is Niall Scott, Matt Dickerson, Gerald McCoy. I love McCoy. Let's talk about McCoy. You should look at his video and listen to what he's saying because what he's saying is what he's meaning. Before you start, I'm extremely excited to be up here. I've been out of football for a year. Was there ever any consideration that it was it, you were done, or was was the plan always to come back? Nah, um, so the goal always was to come back, 
because I knew immediately as soon as I got hurt, especially with a leg injury, 32 years old, been in the league 11 years, people immediately assume, oh, that's it. He's a D tackle. He's older. Knee injury. Will he be able to come back? I love when people count me out. I'm from the south side of Oklahoma City, the 405. It's not very many people that do what I've done. I'm not talking about the success of football. I'm talking about just lasting this long in the NFL. So, uh, you know, I've been a fighter my whole life. So it was nothing but another fight to me. Uh, I know obviously the Raiders are offering you an opportunity here, mm -hmm. but what specifically about the Raiders drew you here? Well, um, this I believe that uh, this team is going to catch a lot of people off guard. And there's a lot of talent in this locker room. And um, defensively, you know, uh, what I can bring is just my leadership and experience, more than just uh, what I can do on the grass, what I can do, um, you know, on the side while guys are learning in the meeting rooms, outside of the building, just teaching guys how to be pros. I always believe there's a difference in being a professional and a pro. When you get drafted or whether you don't get drafted, um, undrafted, free agent, whatever. Once you sign a contract in the NFL, you're a professional. It doesn't make you a pro. Being a pro is how you approach every day, how you prepare, how you watch film, what do you do when times get tough on the field, what are you eating, you know, how are you learning how to be successful in this league. That's what I believe is being a pro. And not all professionals know how to be pros. So my experience, I can help a lot of the young guys and even some of the experienced guys, teach them how to really be a pro more than just a professional football player. Did you get that right off the bat, or were there mentors for you? No, I had to learn it. I had to learn it. Uh, Davin Joseph, who went to Oklahoma, was a Pro Bowl guard for Tampa. He's one of my mentors, Tommy Harris, Warren Sapp. Um, and, you know, it's crazy because I played against him twice a year, but we trained together in the offseason as Drew Brees. He's one of – my main mentors who taught me how to really be a pro. What's it been like sort of jumping into a new team kind of in the middle of training camp and just to this game? Oh, it's excellent, man. You know, I, I just love the game. And I wasn't away from the game. I just wasn't in the building. You know, uh, NFL does a great job with the NFL replay, and you can watch the coaches' film. So I was watching film. like – yeah, well, last year I could. So, I mean, I can watch it in the building now, so I don't need that. But I was watching the film, um, you know, whether it was Dallas or Tampa or whoever. You know, I was watching the actual coaches' clips instead of, like, the, the game because I just love it. And I said, you know, if I plan on getting back into the game, I need to make sure I stay sharp with what I'm seeing, what I'm looking at. And then I got a lot of friends around the league that I talk to when I'm playing so when I wasn't playing, I really could talk to him like, hey, I seen this. You need to be doing this, doing this. I seen that. How about you focus on this? Try this next time. You know, it's just because that's what I love doing. I just, I love the game so much. Uh, I know it's preseason, but it's game week. How about uh -huh. you for Saturday? Uh, you know, uh, just knowing that a game is coming up and I'll be on a team is excellent, man. I'm, so, I'm just so blessed to be here. Like, every day I walk in this building, you know, I always, when I would go out on the practice field, I always would say, thank you, God, for allowing me to be out here. But every day I walk in this building, and when I walk on that turf, I just thank God so much for allowing me to be back in a building. Because you never know. As much as you want to fight to get back, 
Somebody has to give you an opportunity. It doesn't matter how much you believe you're ready or how much work you put in. Somebody has to give you an opportunity. And the Raiders did that, and it's such a blessing. It's a, uh, it's a privilege to be here, and it's a true blessing. So I'm just excited for it all, man. Uh, practice, going to film. Who likes going to meetings? I'm just being honest. Nobody likes going to meetings. That's the roughest part of the day. But I'm, like, skipping the meetings. Like, I've been out of football. I can't wait to get to meetings. So everything that's, you know, that involves preseason, the game, uh, next week versus the Rams, this week, to see it doesn't matter, the lifting, all of it. I'm, I'm loving all of it, and I, I've never – Ever, ever, anybody who's known me knows I've never taken this game for granted. But now, for sure now, since I was out for a year, I got a completely different mindset. You said there's a lot of talent in this room, uh, especially defensively. Uh, the, the, the numbers didn't reflect that last year. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of reasons probably for that. Um, what are you seeing? You're a student of the game. What are you seeing on this defense, and especially that defensive line? So much uh, want to, very explosive players, and um, – Guys who just need to fine-tune some things. And very little things that I've seen since I've been here that I've pointed out, guys are saying, wow, I never thought about it like that. And you can already see it. I don't know if y'all watched practice today, but have you seen how that D-line was rushing today, how they've been getting after the offense? It's very little things. And I'm not saying I have something to do with that, but what I'm saying is when you get a vet that knows the little nuances and, you know, give little tips and keys to help with, whether loosening your alignment, tightening your alignment, when to use this move, what you see, where's the backfield set, what is the formation, what does the tackle give you, is the guard patting his hip, where's the quarterback's foot, how to get off, okay, if that quarterback, is his knees rocking out, do his knees turn in, little things, the difference in being a pro and a professional. Where do you think you fit in, uh, you know, with, with all that as far as on the field, or does it sound like, it, is, is that even secondary to just being back and being able to be a mentor? I, man, listen, I'm not worried about none of that right now. I will be on the field at some point, and whatever reps they give me, I'm going to give this team everything I have. But right now, since I'm not practicing, I do individual. I get my reps, working day by day to get back in. My job is to be a coach right now. So every phase that I'm in, I'll be doing that. Right now I'm coaching, getting my feet back under me, and then when they say, hey, Gerald, it's time to get reps, then I'll be a player coach. And then – Step by step, when it's opening week, now it's go time. So I'm just taking it day by day. Thank you. Do you have a timeline on that then, like when you want to be part of the full practice and getting out on the field? Nah. Whenever they say I can go, I'm going to go. Uh, back to your appreciation of being back on a football field. What was it like being inside of a, sta- a Legion stadium for you? Oh, it was so dope, man. The greatest thing about this stadium is that it's grass. I, you know, you expect you go in there and see turf, and then you get grass. It's like, man, this is excellent, you know, because that turf is it's tough on your knees, and you go to some stadiums, turf is a little thick, and it's different. But in that stadium, man, it's just it's a great place to play football. I'll just say that. What about the enthusiasm from the, the fans mm-hmm. after missing last year? Just, just I mean, it was almost like they provided a game-like atmosphere for, mm-hmm. for everybody. And to hear them getting revved up, 13,000 fans, you know, there's 61,000-plus when it's filled up. Yeah, you can um, – somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but three, four, the four most historic franchises in NFL history, Packers, Dallas, Pittsburgh, and the Raiders. That's what I say. 
So to have an opportunity to be a part of one of those organizations and to see how the fans are when they show up for just a practice, I cannot wait for the first preseason game all the way to opening day. Because opening day, I just I can only imagine what it's going to be like. So I'm extremely excited. You commented on the defensive line and what you see with these guys and helping to coach them. On the other side of what they're working against, a young retooled offensive line, what are you seeing with the progression there? Well, I'll say this. These guys are fighting every day. And today's practice, regardless of what was seen um, from the outside, what I seen as a player who's been around a lot of football teams and uh, a, a lot of different players, a lot of different talent levels, and I've seen a lot of football in my time in the NFL. Today, I believe this team really got better. You know, you hear coaches and teams say, yeah, we got better today. Well, days like today where you come out, your body don't feel great, coming off an off day, you're a little sore, and you're trying to push through. The team today didn't feel great, but you can see guys trying to bring energy. You can see guys pushing each other. You can see the O-line pushing the D-line, the D-line rushing the O-line. Everybody was pushing each other to go harder and get better. And I believe today this team really got better. So these guys are fighting daily. And on the offensive side of the ball, man, they putting pressure on the defense every day. You talked about you know being a mentor, teaching guys how to be a pro, all the lessons that you can teach. I'm sure your status helps to kind of come in and have a assertive voice in the room, but how receptive have you found some of the guys to just taking all that advice and, and trying to take, trying to use it? Extremely receptive. Guys are, you know, um, you always, like when I was with the Bucks, I had a, a no, no choice extra work, you know, when I was like established and I had been there for years. When the rookies came in, I told them, you don't have a choice. Before and after practice, we get an extra. You know, while while I was with Carolina, I offered it, guys came. When I was with Dallas, I offered it, guys came. Same thing here. I'm saying, hey, I'm going out early. We're going to get extra handwork, working our footwork, our timing. Guys are showing up. After practice, I do extra. Guys are showing up. So um, they're being extremely receptive to everything that I'm saying. But more importantly, what I'm trying to show guys is, before you can lead, you have to follow. So, you know, a vet come in or a vet's on teams. If you give a scout team look, you don't expect the vet to be the guy to give the look, right? You expect the young guys to give the looks, move the bags, do all that. What I try to do is be the guy who's moving the bags, be the guy who's giving the look. Because if the young guys can see, man, this vet, he's been in the league all these years, made all these Pro Bowls, this, he's still giving a look. He's still trying to help guys. Why can't I do it? And that's how you come together as a team. That's how you grow as a unit when your leaders are showing how to be a great follower before they lead. And then the young guys, they just come along, and that's how you build a team. He's a man of his word and a great man of great integrity. He's been in the league many, many years, and I'm so glad he's in that room with these young players. They need his experience, and they need his wisdom in order to be their best person. And I just think that this guy was a great pickup. I'm so happy to have Gerald McCoy in the mix. Now, at defensive tackle, we have Quinton Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, and Darius Phylon. Now, Solomon Thomas is the big X factor in my eyes. He had a lot of problems in San Francisco. He was a beast in college. 
but he had a lot of issues over there on the other side of the bay. And I don't think those issues are going to be hampering him on the Raiders. If he can play up to his potential, watch out. Because he can definitely push, and I mean push big time, and open up the lane for all the linebackers to go in there and do their business. I think Solomon Thomas was a great pickup. I think we certainly can use him. He's a beast, and he's young, and I'm glad he's in our team. Next is Kendall Vickers, Darius Stills. They will be in the rotation on Nell's tackle. They'll probably play against the Seacocks. The other side of the field on defensive end, we have Max Crosby, of course. Mad Max has become a phenom on our team. And then behind him in the rotation is Cleland Farrell. And then Jerry Green follows that. See, Cleland Farrell lost his job to Nangagwe. And that's a good thing because Farrell Cat needs to be more consistent. And if he wants to work his way back into the first team, he better be working his way back in this preseason game against the Seacocks. Because, trust me, he needs to show something at this time in his career. Linebacker Tanner Muse is back from injury, man. I like this kid. He's really fast. He's super quick, strong guy. You know, there's a lot of players he reminds me of. And I think he, if he can get a little bigger, I mean, the sky's the limit. Sky's the limit for this player. I'm glad he's the first guy because he's earned it. Ashmar Balay, or ba- Bilal, uh, is behind him. And I've, I've never heard of him, but I guess we'll see him on Saturday. Watch for this kid. Middle linebacker, of course, Nicholas Moreau, one of my favorite players, has improved every single year since he was drafted by the Raiders. I'll take a homer any day of the week on our team. I'll take a guy who has been drafted here and plays well over any trade. I think that makes a huge difference in commitment to the team and to themselves. Behind Nicholas Morrow's Nick Kowalski, which is no doubt. And behind him is Max Richardson. Don't know how much you'll see Nicholas, but you'll probably see Nick a little bit. And then Max, maybe he'll be the first guy. I'm not sure. We have to look at our new look defense because it'll be fun to see on Saturday. Weak side linebacker is Corey Littleton. I think he'll do way better this year. He kind of sucked last year. I was kind of surprised they kept him last year. But I think Gruden realized that this guy was in the wrong system with the wrong boss. Corey Littleton is going to be able to expand and do the things he does best at that position because of the new defensive coordinator. Javin White's behind him, Darren Lee, and then Devon Diablo brings up the back. Now, Diablo was hurt. I don't think he's going to play. I hope to see him play because he needs to play, but I don't think he'll play against the Seagawks. Left side linebacker, Trevon Mullen. Good thing. Trevon Mullen was a ball hawk and a beast last season. He's really blown up as far as his exposure and his intensity. I love this player. Again, drafted by the the Raiders, Oakland Raiders for sure. Um, And he's doing everything that he's supposed to do. Love this kid. I can't wait to see him play. Kasim Nixon, Rashul Douglas, and Isaiah Johnson round up those positions. And I expect to see those other guys play on Saturday 
I don't think Trayvon's going to set foot on the field. Right side linebacker, Casey Hayward Jr. Let me tell you, this is what we've needed. So hopefully he can spring up and do his job on that right side. Now, the thing we've been worried most about, I have been this whole offseason, is our cornerback position, the backfield, the guys who are supposed to keep the quarterback with the ball. Trayvon Mullen, his left cornerback. Love this kid. Plays with heart and passion. He really blew up last year, and he looks like he's ready to play this year. An original draftee of the Oakland Raiders then. He's playing here. He's gonna, he earned this job for good reason. He's a great player. Then we have Keyshawn Nixon, Rasul Douglas, and Isaiah Johnson. All these guys will be used in different packages in different ways to make our secondary really what it should be. Right side cornerback will be Casey Hayward Jr., no doubt. A true professional, plays with heart, spirit, and speed. Hopefully, he can teach the next guy, Damon Arnett, how to be a real pro at the cornerback position. Because Arnett didn't have much of a chance because it was last year. Um, so I'm hoping that he's learned a lot. And if he has, we have great expectations. Blitty Reh Wilson. I don't know who this guy is. Or Devante Bowsby. I'm not sure who this guy is either. But we're going to see him on the field and see what they can do in this defense. At cornerback position, Nevin Lawson, who had a breakout season and continued to grow, had some injury problems. But, hey, man, he's also a beast, and he's done very well for us. And right behind him is Nate Hobbs, who was and has been a surprising camp. I can't wait to see him. I know he'll probably play. And behind him, Amik Robertson and Sean Crawford. Now, we're going to need a lot of rotations at this position, so I think they're going to keep all these guys. I'm not positive, but we shall see. Now, free safety at the first position, Trayvon Morig. This beast, the side-to-side -side speed, the line-to-line -line speed, and the way he can read where the play is going to be, which is just being in the right position is amazing. He did it all his college career. So glad we picked him up. It was a steal for sure. After him is Dalen Levette. And then after that is Roderick Teamer. Strong safety, Jonathan Abrams. The Abrams tank needs to come out and roll over people this season. He has the speed. He has the, he's not afraid to hit a player. But I think last season it was in the wrong position everywhere in Paula Gunther's offense, our defense. Horrible job. Gunther I still makes me sick, pisses me off that we kept that jerk for an extra year. Really, very unfortunate for our players. Um, so next after Jonathan Abram, there's Carl Joseph. I think Carl might have been injured. I'm not positive. I don't know if he's going to play. Tyree Gillespie is out behind him. I think that'll be in a rotation against the Seahawks as well. That pretty much shows you where we are. 
there'll be a few changes in these lineups, but I don't know, probably not too many, depending upon if there's any surprise players out there. Hard to get surprises at this time of the year, but it has happened, as you all know. I like the roster. I like what we're doing. But until we see it on the field, we really don't know. Um, kind of thought it would end up this way. Kind of surprised about Devon Diablo uh, being so be far behind. But I think he got hurt as well. Um, and I don't think there's really too many uh, surprises for me because a lot of these packages are going to rotate players in. So having that guy in the third or the fourth, definitely on the third spot, he's going to play. He's going to play in special packages against certain looks. Um, I do like our new defense, but we will certainly see it um, on Saturday, some of it. And let's just hope it's well improved because... I am tired of the Seacocks pummeling us. I'm tired of it. we got to stop that right now. In this preseason game, I hope we whoop them up good just to send a message. You know what I'm saying. Punter, A.J. Cole. Carlos Whitman is the second guy. The kicker, Daniel Carlson, of course, and Dominic Ibrell will be behind him. Um... Now, this is special teams, and I hope they're not a special needs team this year. They were good last year. Uh, we need to get more, better field position and try to take some of those balls away. But A.J. Cole will be the guy who spearheads the, uh, the spearhead to stop their runners. Trent Sieg is our long snapper. Liam McClellan is our second. We'll see who goes, uh, does a better job because we got to have that solidified. The kick returner, Jalen Richard, who actually for all these years, he's done a really good job. He's not afraid. He does a nice job of getting it done. Kenyon, Kenyon Drake, an older player, he's willing to do this. He's got to do it. I'd love to see him play because he is so elusive. It's not even funny. And believe it or not, Henry Ruggs III is going to be returning kicks. And that's insanity. There's another guy, DJ Turner, who will also be doing the same thing. We'll see who does it. But I can tell you a few guys that will do it best. Richard and Ruggs. And Drake. Punt returner. Hunter Renfro. This guy's a toolbox. And he's a beast. And he's very elusive. Behind him is DJ Turner and Dylan Stoner. That puts up, that's kind of solidifies our special team. Um, and there you go. Of course, things are going to change when uh, we're done with that third preseason game. Everybody will be locked into a slot pretty much. And we'll know who our 53 are. Um, I sure hope we see a big change in our defensive scheme because we should as fans see a big difference in the position of these players completely different than Paula. Oh, that makes me so mad. That's it, folks. That's the lineup. Get ready for Saturday because it's coming. And by the way, let's talk about the Seacocks. Raider Greg. My name is, my name is, my name is, Raider Greg. 
That's some bullshit. Whatever. Slap a pad, partner. Well, the new and improved Seattle Seacocks are coming to Las Vegas. Now, they've got an improved team. Uh, one of the things that they improved was their offensive line with, of course, our guy, Gabe Jackson. Gabe Jackson's a new player for him, for them, and they're starting. We traded for, we traded, we, well, yeah, they traded for him, gave us a fifth round pick for Gabe Jackson. I think that was a, it was a ripoff for us, but we needed to move him. So that's probably all we could get. Other than that, their whole offensive line's revamped like ours, and they got the same criminals that they always have bringing it into a Raider game. Now, as a fan, I got to tell you, I'm kind of sick and freaking tired of losing to these clowns. I don't even care if it's preseason. The last time I saw them play in person, I was in London. Spent all that money, brought my wife over there. We were ready for a game. The Raider Nation was on fire, and we got thumped. I mean, like 49 to 14. The final score was Seahawks 27, Raiders 3. Seattle's defense ain't playing. Obviously, they shut us down, and their offense kept rolling. I am sick of seeing the teal blue and the teal and silver, whatever they want to call themselves. I'm sick of it. And Wilson, who was complaining about leaving a team last season, evidently was just full of bullshit when he requested that trade because nothing came out of it but a bunch of popcorn farts. Farts with no substance. Looking forward to this game. I hate the Seacocks. Not the most hated, but they're one of the teams I got my eye on. We need to beat them for sure. Even though it's preseason, we need to show that we can play with the big boys. I don't care who's playing. We need to have a scheme that works. These kids are learning, of course. Preseason is what it is. But this preseason is very special. You know why? We haven't had one in two years. Two freaking years. That means our entire draft class two years ago got nothing. And they got nothing and they were thrown into the fire. Well, at least now, this season, they'll have an opportunity to spread their wings, not be too conservative. They can't, they're not thrown right into it. The games count. So I think it's going to be very good for our second and third year players if they can get in there. They really need this experience because they didn't get it. Nobody got it. Especially us. We definitely didn't get it. We had some issues last year with the COVID and blah, 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 blah. I do believe this game is important. It's important to me to see our new defense. So if I were a fan, ha, ha, ha. But if I was a regular fan, ha, ha, ha. Watch the defense. Watch the defense. It should show very early what he's trying to do. Even if it doesn't work, we'll see the difference in Paula's defense as opposed to Gus Bradley's defense. I think we'll see it in the first play. So go Raiders. Beat the Seacocks. I'll tell you one thing for sure about this game. Seacocks are used to it being pretty quiet there in Oakland. When they get to the Legion Stadium, 
It's a whole new program, Padna, because the Raider Nation will be heard right there on the field. That, I can guarantee you. And that is also all I have to say about that. Good afternoon, good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Canton. Let's talk Hall of Fame, shall we? we just did this recently, did we not? Are you fired up? Come on. That was weak. Are we fired up? Come on. Welcome back. All right, I'll say it. Welcome back, back, back to the greatest gathering in football. Last night, it was two years between times we saw everybody now, 24 hours. We enshrined 20 last night. So our number is now 346 in the Hall of Fame. Eight more tonight, which means when we're done, and you'll see it, 354 members of the Hall of Fame, and when you consider that almost 26,000 men played pro football in 101 years, 354 is pretty cool. So give these guys a big round of applause who are up here who are the greatest players and contributors of all time. We got some Colts fans, I think. We're just checking right now. This is an attendance check. We have some Bronco fans somewhere? I don't know. Well, I know who we do have. We got to have Raider fans. I know they're... They're the Raiders. That's coming. Don't worry, Mark. You'll get that in a minute. Packer fans? We got Green Bay fans? We got Detroit Lion fans? Hey, we do. Buccaneers fans. Cowboys fans. Wait a minute, I forgot. There's some city that begins with a P that's up the road here. Pittsburgh fans. So to quote the Hall of Famer Marv Levy, where would you rather be? Then right here, right now! The class of 2020 last night was rousing. Now it's time to meet our class for this year, 2021. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting Tom Flores for enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Thank you, Carol Davis. How about a round of applause for Carol Davis, who wasn't able to be here tonight, but she did a wonderful job. A wonderful lady, a longtime friend, and she and I will go back a long ways in the old days of the American Football League. But the reason I'm here, and the reason I'm second on the program tonight, is that I'm 84 frappin' years old. I've got to go to bed at 9 o'clock. Baby, where's my pillow? <laughs> Being here today, this enshrinement means the world to me. My journey became, began a long time ago when my father, as a 12-year-old, migrated to Central Valley in California with his family. And they came from Mexico and settled in the San Joaquin Valley 
and work the farms. The Sanger High School District in my hometown of Sanger, little old town Sanger. We have people from Sanger here. Long way to come from Sanger. Did you ever try to get here? This is not an easy place to get to. I've been trying for a long time to get here. <laughs> As a young guy, I wasn't planning on going to college because in those days, when you went to school and then when you got through with high school, you went to work. Well, I loved, I loved school, so I worked hard to get an academic scholarship. I played every sport I could possibly play, did every event I could possibly attend, and I, so I settled on football as my major uh, sport to be productive in. I worked hard, and I, be, and I uh, played high school football in Sanger, Fresno City Hot College, and the College of Pacific in Stockton, California, and now the University of Pacific. They don't even play football anymore, but that's where I was a long time ago. When I was one class short of my master's degree, after having failed twice to make the uh, professional football leagues in, uh, in Canada, and also in, uh, in the NFL, uh, I got a call from these guys called the American Football League. And I thought, well, I'm gonna give it a try. So I joined the Oakland Raiders. We were just a bunch of guys who didn't have a home stadium most of the guys in training camp had no idea where Oakland was. I had to tell them. And we were playing in San Francisco. Having a new league gave us all an opportunity to play football and continue. There weren't a lot of jobs, there weren't a lot of teams in the National Football League, but it gave us an opportunity. My mother cried when I told her I was going to play professionally instead of coming home to be a teacher as I had studied for in college. But in the end, she was the proudest of all because I followed my passion. And that's what brought me to this stage today, tonight. Passion. When you, look, when you talk about passion, you're looking at passion on this entire stage. The passion that you have sustains you through all your years of, of professional football. A lot of people have helped me, you know, do what I did in my career. I want to thank the Raider organization. They've been incredible. Raider Nation is everywhere. I spent 55 years of my professional life with the Raiders as a player an assistant coach, a head coach, and a radio announcer, and now as a representative in the PR department. There's no better group of people to, or no better place to have your second home. I, I particularly want to call mention to the late Al Davis, who was my mentor, my coach. I love his wife, Carol, dearly, as you saw in the video. And I love coaching his son, Mark, who's up here with me, now the owner and running the team. When he used to come to camp, to camp as an eight-year-old, 
I met him and we used to, he used to create havoc on the playing field because we only had two balls and uh, it was a very low budget. <laughs> to everyone I've played the game with and everyone who's played for me, you're my other family. Football is a world that we share with a powerful bond. When I was traded to Buffalo and went on to Kansas City and then on to Seattle, they all welcomed me as family, as it should be. If you play the game, respect always is there, whether we play together or not. Today, on this stage, we're all on one team, one team of gold jackets. This is a very emotional day for me. I've been blessed with, great with a great life, doing work that I love with people that I love and adore. I was always happy in the world of football, and now, because of this honor, I'll be part of it forever. Forever. Realize that? <laughs> that is incredible. Here's a memory I'd like to leave with you. It's Super Bowl 15 in New Orleans. The clock is ticking down. There's one minute left, and we're ahead by 17 points. One of my assistants, Sam Bogosian, the late Sam Bogosian, who was also from the Central Valley of California and whose family is here tonight, leaned over and looked at me and said, not bad for a couple of grape pickers. And I said, Sam, not bad at all for a couple of grape pickers. Thank you so much. Congratulations, class of 2020, class of 2021. Go Raiders! Ladies and gentlemen, presenting Charles Woodson for enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, his mother, Georgia. Mama, you're the queen of my heart. Your love is like tears from the stars. I think I lost a bet. I love my mama, man. Look no further than my mama to find out where I get it from. My passion, how hard I work, that comes from my mother. <clears throat> now I need you to indulge me for a minute. My teams, Fremont Ross, Little Giants, anybody that went to Fremont Ross, any player that played with me, please stand up. Stand up. Any Michigan Wolverine out there, player, keep standing. Keep standing. Any Michigan Wolverine, stand up. Any Green Bay Packer, past, future, present, old fan, stand up. Any Oakland Raider fan, Las Vegas Raider fan, stand up. Keep standing. Keep standing. Anybody, anybody who's a fan 
or the way I played the game of football, you stand up too. Anybody. My coach Lloyd Carr told me a long time ago, there's no one bigger than the team. No one bigger than the team. The things we were able to accomplish. Keep standing, don't sit down, stand up. We did this together. Together, me and you. We were Mr. Ohio together. We were a Heisman Trophy winner together. We were national champions together. We were defensive rookies together. Defensive player of the year, the year together. Super Bowl champions together. So when I say that when I go in, we all go in, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. So I want to say thank you to all my coaches that ever pushed me to be better, all my teammates who we battled, who I battled against and went into battle with, all my trainers who pieced me back together to get me back in the game, the medical staff. I thank you. I would not be here without you. You may sit down now, thank you. You know, I, I grew up hour and a half west from here in Fremont, Ohio. It's where I picked up my first pair of cleats to play this great game that we play. And I feel like it's so fitting that here today, I put those cleats down for the last time here in Canton, Ohio, and I walk into the Hall of Fame. I leave you with this. Be unique, innovative, learn discipline. You own undeniable respect. Love everyone, give everything, never doubt. Build your legend. Thank you. We in the Hall of Fame, baby. Beautiful. Beautiful. What a beautiful speech. Filled with a heart, love for son to his mom. It was a magical night at the Hall of Fame for the Raiders. Magical for several reasons. For one, it was the first time I've ever gone. Randy and I went with his wife, Lisa, and my son, James. And we got into this little tiny town of Canton. I just want you to think about the smallest town you've been in and then stick Canton right over the top of it because it is a very small community. Matter of fact, it reminded me of the old Los Angeles Coliseum when you had to go to a, a game. People were out there with signs wanting you to park in their yard with a sign with 10 bucks, 5 bucks, uh, 20 bucks. The closer you were at the stadium, the more money it was. But you had to park in someone's yard just like you had to at the Hall of Fame. Brought back great memories for this fan because that's what I remember way back when they were playing in L.A. Ceremony, the crowd was big, the Hall of Fame was packed, lots of people, lots of events. Um, the gold jackets were, you know, rolling in big time. All the best of the best were in the house, which was, you know, it was cool to see the best of the best, especially since this particular, you know, Hall of Fame ceremony 
was a twofer. I don't know if you knew that, but there was no Hall of Fame ceremony last year. So they made this into two Hall of Fame ceremonies, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. And I got to tell you, we had a great time. The venue's really good. You really, it's not, not a bad seat in the house. And um, I just got to say this. I mean, and, and they did it really well. There was plenty of water, plenty of beer, plenty of things to drink, and a lot of good food there to eat. Just really great. It was a great crowd. A lot of kids. A lot of kids with their dads. A lot of kids with their moms. But this is what I want to say before I get to the bone line, because this to me is important to say. I am an OG. Been going forever. Been watching forever. I brought all my children to the Coliseum. I brought them all to the games. I brought them all not afraid of anything that they might see or hear. It was really fun. And they are all Raider fans. Thank goodness. Or they wouldn't be able to tolerate me. <laughs> However, I have to tell you, of all the fans in attendance, there are some fans, which I'm sure have never been to a game because I can't see them even making it through a game, that were drunk, obnoxious, and fucking rude. And it makes an impression on people. And I want to tell you people out there that are assholes, that drink too much, that make a serious idiot out of yourselves, don't go. Don't go to any games. Go to your living room, drink till you pass out, say stupid shit around people that don't care, be rude, spill beer on people that you know, and, and, and scream out obscenities in a living room full of your children. Because I'm telling you at the Hall of Fame, I'd fucking had enough. Listen, man, if you're an idiot fan, you don't belong in the Raider Nation. I'll tell you from my standpoint, you belong in a circus. And the circus I saw in the Hall of Fame was disappointing and disgusting. When people were out there doing their speeches or people screaming and making a bunch of noise. Listen, I know it's not our team but these are professionals that have earned the gold jacket. These guys are the best at their position for the time they are at the game. You got to give these guys some respect, man. And no, they couldn't hold their childish, alcoholic crap from spilling all over the place. Which then, all the other fans look up and see, oh, well, that must be the Raiders. Well, that's not the Raiders. Not my Raiders. My Raiders love having a good time. My Raider fans like having some cocktails, having some food, sharing some camaraderie, being cool, being hip. When kids are around, you know they're around. You're not F-bombing every 15 seconds. Be fucking respectful when you're at the games or the events. Because I'm telling you, man, it's not okay to be that way. And I'm telling you because I'm a Raider fan. I think it's bullshit. And if you were there at the Hall of Fame and you were a jack-off, I'd love to see you because there are a few guys there I wanted to grab by the face and throw down the stairs. Got to keep myself in check. But I'm here to tell you, it's time that we shed this type of, I don't know what you want to say it, 
because that's not who we are, folks. It's just not who the Raider Nation is. Be respectful. Take care of your fellow fans. Do what you got to do. But be smart in how you drink and party and be wise to who's around you because I'm sick of it. I'm fucking sick of the clowns in the nation. If I could do it, I'd flush all of them right out to the shitter. Because, as a fan, I like to be at a game when people are respectful. You can scream, you can yell, you can do whatever you want. But, as far as I'm concerned, if you're a dick at the game, then you're just a dick in general. And, sorry about the profanity, but I've fucking had enough of these clowns. So let's get over with this subject, because I'm kind of tired of ranting on it. Not really. But I don't think you'll hear one of these from me again. But this event really brought it to life. And I just can't take this shit. Well, since we didn't get any bone line calls, come on now, fans. Randy's going to put on some very special calls we've had from the past, so check them out. They're really funny. I love the bone line. The following bone line calls were recorded on May 7th, 2008. Show number 194. Our bone line is crazy. I love you guys, man. You got some great takes, great comments. I love it. So here's the bone line with you guys saying it like it is. I love it. Keep them coming, man, because they are great. And it just shares. See, it gives you an opportunity to, to, to feel what I feel when I can just pop it out there and let it out. You just let it out, and I'll put it out, and we can all enjoy it because I enjoy the shit out of these things. Okay, Randy, let's get to the bone. Okay, Raider fans, here we go. The bone line. 1-800-620-7181. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Big AC calling out of Portland, Oregon. Used to live in California, born and raised a Raider fan. Now I'm up here in Oregon, and I'm feeling the hate, but I'm spewing it right back. Me and my bro are flying out for the Oakland-Denver game. We are fucking excited. We're staying the night. We're going to be at Ricky's. We went to Ricky's out in 04 when we went out there for a Jacksonville Raider game, my only other Raider game. And we are fucking excited. I like to get together with Greg or some of these good fans and getting a good tailgate going on, I can tell you that much. Man, I, I, I hope I hope we whoop that ass like it's over in the first half. That's what I'm hoping. God damn, I hate the Broncos. I work right next to a fucking Bronco fan that I like to talk shit to every fucking day. Go fucking Raiders in the draft. Chris Long, if he's not there, even though I'm a huge USC fan, I've been saying Ellis the whole time. I'm just not sure. I go Dorsey most likely after Long. But Alice is there too. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be disappointed. Hey man, love the show, Greg. 
doing a great job and listening to you for a few months now. Born a Raider, I'm a die a Raider. Peace. Yo, Raider Nation, what's good? It's your boy C Money, aka Raider Craig. I'm back. Not gonna be long though this time. I'm gonna cut it kind of short. Yo, what's up, Raider Greg and Randy? Yo, brother, we're geniuses, man. We called it. Or at least I did. You know what I'm saying? I told him, I said if we either get McFadden or a tall wide receiver, six four, six five, we'd be in a good position because it's offense we need. We don't need Chris Long, we don't need Glenn Dorsey, we don't need any of them guys. Although Vernon Golston would have been a good pick if we had gone defensively. But what I'm trying to tell you guys right now is we need offense, and I'm glad they made this selection because this is going to be great. It's only going to lead to great things. Offense is what we need. Can't keep a defense on the field, people. You can't keep defense on the field, people. They get tired. In defense, they say win championships. It's bullshit. Ask the 49ers in the 80s. They won Super Bowls because of their offense, not because of their defense. Granted, they had Ronnie Lott, they had Bill Romanowski, they had great players on defense, but it was predominantly their offense that got the job done. We need offense. Because what's the point of putting an offensive team on the field if you can't drive the ball down the field and put your position, yourself in position to score touchdowns when you get in the red zone? It makes no sense. So what we need is offensive weapons. We got to have offensive weapons to score and put ourselves in position to outscore other teams. It's the defense. We're all set on that. We're all set on that. That's not that's not a problem. It's the offense, and I'm glad we made the selection. Raiders are going to do great this year, as I predicted in uh, time for confession show by my man Raider Greg. Raider Greg, what's up, my man? Much love. Uh, I think I'm going to be getting the fuck out of here because uh, you know I don't want these people to hear me for too long because last time I took up half the show, so. Much love to everybody, Randy, Raider Rick, Raider Greg. Love you people. Raiders, I called it. I called it. McFadden was going to be the pick. I knew it. It was either him or a tall wide receiver, and I knew Al Davis was going to take this motherfucker. And I'm glad. And, yo, God bless everybody. I am out. Peace. Hey, yo, back to the bone. Raiders, fuck the Broncos, fool. <laughs> Hey, this is uh, Juan Jorge. Actually, say my name. Um, leaving a little message for the the silk guy that calls him the Rowdy Redskin. Well, since Mr. Uh, broadcaster over here thinks he can predict the Raiders season, well, let's see. Let's look at the Washington Redskins schedule here. They got the Giants, 0-1. The Saints... They're going to come back next year 0-2. Cardinals, yeah, I'll give you that one. 1-2. One Cowboys, all right, don't even try. 1-3. Eagles, 1-4. You guys will lose that one, too. The Rams, I'll give you that one. 2-5. The Browns, there's no way in the hell you guys win in that game. 2-6. The Lions, they're an up-and-coming team. No way in the hell you're losing that one. 2-7. Steelers, that's gonna be a blowout. Two and eight. Cowboys again, two and nine. Seahawks, two and ten. Giants again, two and eleven. Ravens, yeah, sure, why not? I'll give you that one. Three and eleven. The Bengals, no, I'm not gonna give you that one. Three and twelve. Then you got the Eagles and the Niners. There's no one how you guys are winning that. Well, you might, you might win the Niners game. 
that's going to result in you guys sucking the next year. So um, I don't want to hear you telling me that the Raiders are going to lose because if you knew football, you would know that the Raiders are actually going to come back this year. And if you are a hater, which you are, you will notice and see starting September 8th that we will rise up again from the ashes and we'll kick some ass this year. Again, the name is Juan Jorge. You can find me on MySpace. You can find me on the forum. You got something to say, go ahead and say it. But the Redskins, come on, man. Come on, the Redskins. Who's your quarterback? Jason who? Jason Campbell? See, I know who he is because I'm a football guy. But does the average Joe know who Jason Campbell is? No. He's a deer in the headlights. He's not going to live up to the hype. He's terrible. Might as well just put Collins back in there because Campbell ain't going to do it for you. Who else you got in that team? Portis, yeah, I'll give you. He, he's good. He's good. He's decent. But if you don't have a quarterback to anchor your offense, you guys ain't going nowhere. So as far as I'm concerned, the Redskins are supposed to go up, but they're going to go nowhere but down. Well, that's all I got to say, homie. Peace. Hey, Raider Greg, this is Raider Mike. Just calling in a little late with the draft reaction. And what I'm about to say, you just just know this is nothing against you or the Raider Nation. I'm a Raider for life, just like all of you are. But uh, quite frankly, I couldn't be more disgusted with the way the draft happened. I, I know McFadden is going to be this special talent and, you know, could be a potential superstar. But I just don't think that, you know, that's something that we really needed. And what we do need is a defensive tackle. And you had one of the best defensive tackles that would probably be available for probably not a long time after that. So, and Glenn Dorsey. And now we're going to face him twice a year. And I just think that, you know, that was just a terrible pick. And I'll tell you why. Because everybody was so high on Reggie Bush. You know, Reggie Bush this, Reggie Bush that. And everybody was shocked when the Texans didn't take Reggie Bush. And last time I checked, uh, Mario, that the guy they selected, actually, I think, has done 100,000 times better than Reggie Bush. I mean, really, what has Reggie Bush done? In two years of that he's played professional football, nothing. And I'll tell you why he's done nothing. Because in the National Football League, his style of running, which there's three different styles of running in the National Football League, and that's the power running back, which was Tyrone Wheatley, and then you got the finesse running back, which is Reggie Bush, and then you got the utility running back, which is like LT that can just do everything. And I'll tell you right now, Darren McFadden is a finesse running back. Yeah, he's got a lot of speed, and that, yeah, he's a home run hitter, but if he can't get past the defensive line, what good is he? I mean, we'll see. I mean, the jury's out, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be the one I, I told you so. I'm going to call later in the season when he's got, like, two touchdowns in the first eight games or – doesn't even sign his contract and holds out and 
doesn't even get on the football field this year because he's not up to par on the playbook um, or gets off the field problems or whatnot. I mean, I just don't think that, you know, that was a smart pick for the best interest of our franchise. And I heard you saying something that last podcast, how last time you checked, defensive tackles don't win championships. Well, actually, defense does win championships. I mean, just ask the Giants. I mean, you know, they didn't, they wouldn't win that Super Bowl if they didn't have a defense. Okay, and last time I checked, Ladanian Tomlinson, Ladanian Tomlinson gets about 200 yards and four touchdowns on us almost every time we face him. So you're trying to tell me that a defensive tackle like Glenn Dorsey is not important for the Oakland Raiders, but a running back that's a finesse running back that, who knows, it's a 50-50 thing. I mean, he could be, you know, the next coming of Adrian Peterson or he could be a Reggie Bush. Uh, and quite frankly, what it looks like for me, from my standpoint, that he's going to be another Reggie Bush. And uh, it's really sad, you know, that, Al Davis is just taking this franchise and running it right down into the ground, you know, and not listening to the people that really know what the needs are of this football team. But, you know, I, I don't want to let the Raider Nation down by, you know, my negative banter, but, damn it, that's just the way I feel. And I've been watching the Raiders for 29 years now, but I think I know a little bit what I'm talking about. And, um, you know, Glenn Dorsey... If I uh, remember right, plays for LSU who just won a national championship, uh, you know, quite frankly, is exactly what we need. Now the Kansas City chefs are the ones that got it. And now we got to face it twice a year. I don't know. I, I just think that that was just a terrible move. And as far as, like, any other picks that go past, like, the second round, it really doesn't matter. Because all the, the talent level past, like, the second round of the draft, it's pretty much equal. All the players, you know, some are good here, some are good there. You might find a diamond in the rough, you know, like Tom Brady at 199. Um, but, you know, it's rare. So that's where it becomes a crapshoot. But the first round is what's most important, and we didn't have a second-round pick. So that first pick was everything. And you're going to put everything into a running back that we know nothing about. And not that, you know, we know a lot about Glenn Dorsey, but – you know, at least that's a need that we can fill when we have proven running backs. Like one of the other callers on the bone line said, that, uh, you know, we're six in the run. You know, why, why would you need anything more? I mean, that, that's good enough. And, you know, if we're going to get continually get shredded up for 100-plus yard games almost every game, it doesn't matter if you have a home run hitter. We're not we're not the Indianapolis Colts. We're not going to outshoot somebody at this point in our franchise in this time. There's no way we're going to outshoot somebody. We have a quarterback who's just, you know, going to be starting out basically as a rookie. And I know that McFadden allegedly is going to help him develop and take pressure off him, but what, you don't think that, you know, Dominic Rhodes or, you know, uh, even uh, Michael Bush couldn't do that? So I, I just, it's so disappointing as a season ticket holder and a, as a Raider fan for as long as I've been that they would go this direction with this guy. And I'm sure, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he's a superstar, but damn it, 
He better be a fucking superstar. And he better not be a holdout little bitch like, uh, you know, Demarcus Russell was last year. Because you know how Kiffin is. If he's not in camp, then, you know, he's not going to play next year because he's not going to know the playbook. And, you know, Kiffin's already pissed off and out. I mean, that'll be his way of getting back it out. Don't play him then, uh, you know. I mean, he could have played Jamarcus Russell the whole second half of last season. He was completely ready, but he didn't. Why? Because they mishandled the whole thing with the contract and getting him into camp. When they should have done what the Dolphins this year, locked him up before the draft even started. I mean, you still paid him the money anyway. He still got what he wanted anyway. Why didn't they do that in the first place? The same thing's going to happen with McFadden. But I, I'm just not even that impressed with McFadden. He's a finesse back. He's not an every-down back. And that's going to be weighed, measured, and exposed when the season starts. But, you know, we'll see. And I really – that one call, I think his name is Jorge. I can't remember his name. The, the young kid is 17. He couldn't hit it more on the head about the first game of the year. The first game of the year is everything to me, in my mind. Because if you go 0-1-1, you got to win two games just to get above 500. You're already under the gun. And if you win lose another game and go 0-2, you might as well just, you know, chalk the season as a loss and, that, you know, another rebuilding year. If you go 1-0, you have to lose two games to get below 500. So, you know, you still have a shot. You're still in it by the fourth week. So, you know, I, that first game is everything, and I think that the NFL is scheduling us with a national televised game against our arch rival is just, I think it's unfair, you know, with the season that we endured last year. I, I think that that's not fair at all, that they put that much pressure on the Raiders right off the bat. Don't get me wrong, it'd be sweet to show the world what, what we got coming, but, you know, I'd much rather have a, you know, like a Lions opener game type thing where we can get off to that 1-0 start. I think that's everything to this football team, especially how wins are at a premium right now. I mean, we're 19-61 and 61 in the last five years. And I'm just sick and tired of watching Dana Thomason shred us up. And we had a nice, young, fresh defensive tackle in there along with Tom Kelly. I, I think that we'd be sitting pretty. But instead, you know, Al Davis has got a hard-on for Darren McFadden. I mean, he didn't, need, he didn't need his Viagra. I mean, he got this super hard-on for Darren McFadden. I just think it's a stupid move for the Oakland Raiders. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope all of everybody can say I told you so to me. But I think I'll be calling in your show about week eight, and I'll be telling you, I told you so. Finesse back, probably injury-prone. We don't know nothing about this guy. Yeah, he's explosive, but so is a lot of other running backs in the NFL to be explosive. It's all about being that utility back or that power running back. The sledgehammer up the middle or a guy catch the ball, run outside, run inside, maybe even pass the ball like LT does. So that's all I have to say about that. I'm just, you know, really disgusted with this pick. It just, I find it real offensive that, you know, they would do this, but hey, they got to do what they got to do, and we got to do what we got to do. I love the Raiders. I'll be a Raider for life, and uh, that's all I got to say about that. Go Raiders! Uh-huh.
What's up, Raider Nation? This is Raul Oliveros, also known as Roliveros33 from Southgate, California. I'm calling to drop a bone. Drop a bone about this last, last podcast that happened. And by listening to it, I happened to hear that we have fans from other teams. That's right. That's right, Raider Nation. Fans from other teams that call the bone line to throw in their comments. Obviously, we have some closet fans, some closet Raider fans out there disguised as Cowboy fans and Redskins fans that are actually Raider fans. Why else would they be listening to the Raider podcast? But to hear Raider Greg and the Raider News. So if you fans are out there, get out of the closet. And as far as for the McFadden pick, I'm kind of happy we got McFadden. And as you guys saw, we just dropped that running back, Dominique Rhodes, which is going to free up McFadden to hopefully be a starter this coming year. Other than that, Raider Nation, this is Raider Raul saying we're going to go 12-4. and four. One more thing, Raider Nation. I, too, would like to host the Raider Nation podcast forum section. Please include Call me if you need a new host. I know that Raider Greg cannot be replaced, but if he ever feels tired, he can always use me. One more thing, Raider Greg, looking forward to meeting up with you for the opener against the Donkeys. Peace. What up, Raider Greg in the nation? It's your boy from New York. It's Tommy. And I'm feeling mighty, mighty confident about next season. So much that I think I might have bet at least three or four hundred dollars against these faggot Jet and Giant fans over here. So uh, they better step up and play well because I like their schedule. I like their players. I like our picks this year. I'm feeling mighty, mighty confident. And Greg, what's up? I thought you worked in the firehouse, and don't they do drug tests on you guys? I mean, this guy smoking crack that you work with over there, the Redskins fan? What a fucking homo that guy is. Is he a switch hitter over there? Come on. He probably just does the cooking over there, right? Doesn't the Redskins fan, don't they dress up in dresses and go there? Is that not the gayest thing you've ever heard of in your life? All right, I'm out. Yo, Colorado Chris. It's Saturday, the day after my Yankees got back on track and beat your faggot-ass Marinus. All right, boys, I'm out. Hey, Raider Greg. Uh, first time uh, calling up, but uh, love your show, love what you do, love the fact that you speak for the rest of the Raider Nation, and uh, I'm loving it. Um, you know, I listened to a bunch of stuff this week, man. I listened to uh, guys talk about how, you know, we, we made the wrong choice, McFadden wasn't the man, and uh, how the other choices that we had sucked. But let me tell you something. I look at it like this. Darren McFadden is the ultimate weapon. Uh, this is a guy that uh, our young coach has been missing in the backfield. Uh, Justin Fargus is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful back. Uh, and I love his heart and everything else that he brings to this football team. But let's face it, he doesn't throw touchdowns. Uh, he doesn't get out there and catch passes, uh, you know, beating defensive backs and safeties and making them look silly. Uh, I, I love, I love uh, uh, our boy. I, lo- I love the way that he runs. I love the things that he does. And I think Fargus is going to be an excellent compliment uh, to Darren McFadden and vice versa. Our number two pick, D'Angelo Hall. I mean, come on, who could we have picked with that pick? 
I think it was a fantastic pick. I think what we did was strengthen the secondary, um, and, and it's going to be good. You, you take a look at our fourth-round pick. Um, you know, we had to replace the production that Carr was going to give us. Um, this isn't just a safety. This is a, a, an outrageous return, man, and I think this is a good pick. Third-round pick, um, you know, you, you, you take a look at Mario. Um, I think he's going to play right tackle, left tackle. One of the two tackle positions is going to give us some depth. Um, and, you know, I, I love the picks that they made uh, with the wide receivers. I mean, I think that this is a Kiffin pick. You know, Armand Shields is a guy like a Smith or a Jarrett that's going to get in there and he's going to, you know, do the same kinds of things that possession receivers all throughout this league do, and that's get first downs. Um, you know, again, I think if you look at some of these people, we should have got Dorsey, we should have got this, we should have got that. Hey, look, Long got beat by Golston, and that's that's um, you know that that's something that you can't do as a left tackle. If you're going to come in and you're going to be the number one guy, you can't have gotten beaten by a guy that's coming out in the same year as you. Um, you know, Chris Long was gone at the number two slot, so we could have taken him. And, you know, Dorsey didn't stop Gary McFadden when he had the chance in college, so I don't think he's going to do it with Kansas City. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I think this was the right pick for the Raider Nation. I appreciate, again, what you do for this, for this football franchise and for me as a fan. I love listening to you. I love what you do, you know, as a firefighter and, and everything else. Um, you know, keep going. Raider Nation, keep Keep moving on, man. Lane Kiffin's going to take us to the promised land. Go Raiders. Good afternoon, Raider Greg. It's probably morning your time, um, but uh, right about evening. I uh, just wanted to say that there's been a lot of talk uh, recently about, um, you know, the Raiders and their drafting of Darren McFadden. But uh, over here on the other side of the pond, uh, I think we think it's a great, great signing. Um, you know, there's been a lot of issues with his durability and can he take the full pounding um i mean come on he's not going to have to he's got uh, michael bush in there to hammer it out and uh, justin fogg is to to uh, make a thousand yards if everyone goes down with injuries um another thing is they're, they're talking about his character you know is his character going to be all right is he going to be um is he going to be an a-class person and i'll say oh, i think the oakland raiders don't need that i mean we we have to have a character i mean we had randy moss in here um you know uh, and and uh he was a great character guy couldn't produce on the field forget that man i'd rather have a guy that's not a great character guy gets into an argument in a parking lot somewhere um and and uh puts a pouncing on some some uh you know uh, some character that's going to come in there and uh, challenge his manhood. So, uh, you know, I, I think we've been missing that since Steve was new. Um, and I think McFadden, if he does have character issues and uh, feels like he needs to punch somebody in the face, um, uh, I wish he would do that. You know, Bill Romanowski, guys, Steve Wisniewski, these types of guys, they didn't take anything from anyone, Harry Long, from anyone uh, anywhere on the field. So, um, you know, I, I, I hope, uh, you know, people don't judge him wrong because uh, he had some altercations outside of a bar. I mean, you know, come on, where, where, where are we living today? So um, I also think that uh, this is a, a very unique draft because at the top of the board uh, you had Bill Parcells, you had uh, Al Davis at number four, and you had Jerry Jones with two first-round picks. And, uh 
I mean, if, if, if anyone wanted to trade, it would have happened, you know, and that's why I'd say Al Davis and I think Lane Kiffin said, you know, Al, I want this guy. He didn't say uh, come Christmas last year, hey, uh, you know, I want uh, Vernon Goldston or I want, uh, uh, you know, Dorsey. He said, uh, I want Long or I'd like McFadden, you know, and, and uh uh, I, I think that uh, Jerry Jones wanted Fadden, and I think that uh, Bill Parcells probably, uh, you know, wanted somebody other than uh, a guy that's probably going to have to slide in the right tackle. Um, but um, you know, that, that's why I say if there if there was the option, if if Al wanted to move, he could have moved forward. He could have moved back. And uh, I think Al stayed where where he did because his his young coach who turned his team around said. Uh, you know, Al, uh, there's been a lot of speculation, uh, you know, a lot of talk um, about this guy. I said I wanted him in December. Um, I want him in January, February, uh, and uh, all the way into April. Uh, and uh, I-, I believe that uh, Lane Kiffin got the guy that he wanted that fits in his offensive game plan. And uh, I think it's going to be a great, great year for all of us. So rock on, Raider Nation! And uh, we're going to have a we're going to have a fun time trying to get some playoff tickets this year, especially me being uh, across the pond. Take care. Uh, love you all. Keep rocking. And keep going, Raider Nation. Well, there you go, man. I'm telling you, we've got some badass mofos on the bone line. I love it. Our Kansan Raider, by the way, um, has been going through some brutal storms. Uh, they've been tearing it up in the Midwest. And uh, I'm going to tell you. My heart goes out to you, brother. I hope all is well with you. I hope it's all safe with you and your family. You are funny. You got the best laugh on the show, without a doubt. So uh, hang in there, and I hope to see you in Oakland, brother. Come on to Oakland. You got to make it. You got to make the trip. Okay, Raider Nation, I've had it for today. I got to go in there and start working on my bathroom. That's right, my bathroom. In deep construction, trying to get this bathroom together, Padna, because let me tell you, it's a bitch. I'm in one toilet. So, uh, I got to get to work. It means I got to leave you guys. But I'm just pumped about the season. Don't be worried. Don't be afraid, because we are coming in strong. And I know we say it every year. It's been five long-ass years of brutality. But I'm telling you, man, best time right now. You best get your season tickets now. This is Raider Greg.